feel the tension? You know, the first time I watched that was um, <clears throat> just on a little uh, computer screen up in our office, and I was like, holy smokes. And you can just feel this. And it's interesting, because as today as we talk about searching, the truth is, like, so many of our hearts are like that. And we're worried and we're anxious and we're stressed out. We put on our little happy face, but we know what's really going on inside. And it's so different <clears throat> than my early mornings. Like, I love all four seasons. I really do. But I've told Susie lately, it's like, God, I love summer right now. Because I just love getting up right when the sun does. Because <laughs> it's so quiet. And it's so peaceful. And the birds, you know, they're beginning their praise <laughs> to the Creator, and the light breeze just flows, and something in my soul just finds this rest and its peace. And I don't know if you could catch all of his words. Listen to some of these. Though all the wealth of men was mine to squander, and towers of ivory rose beneath my feet, I love this line. Were palaces of pleasure mine to wander? <laughs> the sum of it would leave me incomplete. Though every soul would hold my name in honor and truest love was always by my side, my praise is sung by grateful sons and daughters. <laughs> my soul still would not be satisfied because it's not enough to make me whole. It's not enough, and it never was. Awake, my soul, because it's not enough. So peace. Peace. I love what Jesus said. He said, my peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. Anybody in here want some peace? Well, what I found in studying this week, and I, I man, I, I feel like I learned a ton this week. And that is that peace is a matter of seeking. It's a matter of what you seek. It is a matter of what you search for. And today in this series, since we're doing first, it's a matter of what you seek first. And, um, and here's what's great, is the peace of God and that Christ gives, not like the world gives, it's yours. <laughs> Every one of you in this room, you're going to see Jesus wants to give you his peace. Is that not good news? It's really good news. So whatever you came into here stressed out about, and whatever you've been worrying about, and whatever you're anxious about today, um, God's will for you, his will for you, is to be at peace. And I love what he said. He said, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if he hears us, then we know we have what we asked for him. So I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray too, right? Because if you want his peace, then open your heart right now to him, okay? Open your heart to him and say, Jesus, if you can give me your peace, I want it. Bring it on, all right? Let's ask him. It's his will. Father, thank you that your will for us is to be at peace. Thank you, Jesus, that you want to give us your peace. So I'm asking right now for an anointing on your word. God, your word, it says, is alive and active. In other words, as I speak today, everyone here has a chance to actually hear from you. And your word teaches us, it corrects us when our thinking is wrong. It actually rebukes us or calls us back off a wrong path onto a right one. And it trains us. Your word can train us today so that we can be fully equipped to live the life of righteousness that you've called us to. So Lord, on behalf of everyone here that you love with all of your life, I pray that you would open our eyes, open the eyes of our heart so we can receive your word and have your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So turn to Matthew chapter 6 if you have your Bibles with you. <clears throat> and um, you can pull it up on your phone. It will also be up here on the screen. And I'm just going to start in verse 19. And I'm kind of just going to read through it first as if Jesus were just saying this to you. And then we'll pick it apart afterwards, okay? So here we go, verse 19. Jesus says, Do not lay for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other, you can't do it. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, because of all that, he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Don't do it. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Here you go, listen to this. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the, see how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. Saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For those who don't believe... Seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, and here it is, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. 
Therefore, just one more time, just for good measure, <laughs> do not worry. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Does it not? All right, so here we go. Let's talk about searching. Number one, the search for peace. We're all on a search for peace. Verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Did you guys know that anxiety is now the most common mental illness in America? New York Times report showing us that the number one mental illness in America is anxiety. It's worry. 40 million people diagnosed with an anxiety disease. So can I just ask you, how many of you in here worry? Anybody worry? Okay. So you're in good company, right? And those 40 million, those were just the ones who were diagnosed. Probably most of you have more than even diagnosed, were you? <laughs> so we know it's, a, it's, a, it's even a more prevalent problem than we already know. But it's the number one thing. And so how cool is it that here's God coming to us in Christ and telling us, listen, I understand your country is going down. It's getting so anxious. It's so worried. And I'm telling you, you don't have to live like that. Is that not good news? It really is. Verse 27, he says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? (laughs) You just look at that and you go, are you kidding me? Worry does just the opposite, right? It's not adding to your life. When you're worried and anxious, it sucks the life out of you. Because think about it, when you're worrying, what do you do? Isn't it amazing how much time you spend thinking about the thing? So did it add hours to your life? No, it subtracts hours from your life. And then you have all these other responsibilities and things you wish you could focus on, but you can't because you are literally being taken over in your mind by your anxieties. So again, it's not increasing your effectiveness. It's not like, hey man, I need to have a really good day today. I think I'll worry, right? No, because it's just going to suck you dry. And then the other thing is when you're worrying, your energy level just gets sapped. So your time is spent, your mental energy is gone, and your physical energy is just gone. And so I love this little question. Jesus is like, what are you doing, trying to add to your life? It's tongue-in-cheek. Charles Mayo, founder of Mayo Clinic, said, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. I have never known a man who died from overwork, but many who died from doubt. So it's not only destroying our emotions and our spirit, it literally is killing people. So I love the fact that Jesus is coming and saying, listen, I care about your worry. In verse 34, he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I just share with you guys real quick a little mantra that I feel like God gave me about five years ago? that has literally saved my life. Not like physically, not from death, but it has given me life over and over again. If you write anything else down, I just, just write this down and remember this, okay? Number one is this. I can't change yesterday. And what do we worry about? With things that happened, right? So I can't change yesterday. Number two, I can't control tomorrow. And what do we worry about? What's going to happen? I can't change yesterday. I can't control tomorrow. But I can be faithful today. Seriously, guys, if you can learn these three phrases, and I'm telling you, it never works as a quippy little phrase for me, but if I'll take a few minutes and actually think about this, these things are true. I literally cannot change what took place yesterday. 
I cannot change my past, so let it go. And I cannot control what's going to happen. cannot do it. God is already, he's eternal. He's already in tomorrow. Chill. Can't change yesterday. Can't control tomorrow. What can I do? I can be faithful today. And actually, I can be faithful in this moment. (laughs) And you know what, you guys, seriously, when I really meditate and get to that point where I believe those three things, I find peace just come to me. I'll just let it go. I'll let God, because what's he do to the past? He redeems the past. That's what he does. He restores the past. And he's the one who's already there, Lord over tomorrow. All I got to do, all he's looking at me is just saying, hey, dude, just follow me today. And guess what? You can do that. Chill. But here's the question for today. Be faithful to what? Faithful to what? And here's what's true. Every one of us in this room, we are faithful to our treasure. That's actually what we're faithful to. We don't worry about yesterday. We let that go. We don't worry about tomorrow. I'm going to be faithful to my treasure today because every one of us in this room, this is true about what it means to be human, every one of us in this room at the center of your soul is something that you treasure. And the reason that you treasure it is because you believe, you do. You believe that if I have this then everything else will be okay. If I have this, then everything else will be worth it. If I have this, then I'm worth it. You have a treasure. It's what it means to be human. And here's what's crazy to me. I had never seen this. This is a very common passage. I've been in ministry for 26 years and God opened my eyes to something completely different here. Here's, I think, is the key to this passage. And that is the search for peace is really a search for value. We're all searching for value. So in Matthew 6, 21, he says, where your treasure is, and we all have one, it's where your heart is. Your heart will be there. So any Lord of the Ring fans? How many of you have seen Lord of the Rings? All right, okay, more seen it than fans. All right, that's all right. So in the movie, right, you've got Gollum, and there's the ring, and the ring is his precious. See, even you couldn't say it normal. <laughs> it's our precious. And see, and it's fun because every, every service has laughed at that. But here's what's true. At the center of your soul, you have a precious. And what we know about Gollum with that ring is that ring controlled him. And here's the truth. Once your soul treasures something, you end up being a slave to it. Once your soul treasures something, you will serve it because you believe it is the thing that's going to bring you value and let you know that you're worth it. And so that's why Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. What's he saying? You have a master. All of you do. And you will end up serving whatever your treasure is. So here's the question. So why, when we say, how many of you worry, and we all worry, why do we worry? It's because our hearts are resting where our treasure is. Now, there's different treasures, and I'm going to get to those in a minute. But in this passage, Jesus is talking about money. Because just money is a treasure. It's something that we believe if we have, then somehow it's going to let us know that we're valuable. 
And so our problem is, you guys, the reason we're worried is because our treasure, our precious, our treasure, they are in things that can be destroyed or stolen or lost. And that's where your heart is. So your heart is resting in this treasure and everything that you treasure can be gone. Now do you see why you worry? Because this thing, if this thing's gone, then all of a sudden my value goes with it. And that's why in Matthew 6, 31, Jesus says, do not worry. And actually in verse 25, he said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you're going to wear. For those who don't believe in me, he says, they seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Now, here's what I've never seen before. And you guys can challenge me. Anybody wants to challenge me afterwards, that's fine. I'd love it. But as I study deeper into this passage, anytime I've read this for the last 26 years, it's interesting because Jesus is talking about treasures and values and putting your whole heart into something. And then it seems like he switches over and he goes, now I'm going to talk about like food and clothes, like the necessities of your life. But I want to tell you, as I've studied this deeper, I don't think he's talking about the necessities of life here. Because he's not saying this. He could say, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life um, if you will eat. He says, don't worry about your body if you'll have clothes to wear. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat and what clothes you're going to wear. See, that's really different. So when he says, why do you worry about clothes, right? He's sitting there, he's talking to thousands of people on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Everybody, I don't think everybody there was naked. Anybody else? Like, I don't think they're all like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything to wear. That's not what he was addressing. (laughs) Would you guys put some clothes on, okay? No, that's not what he was doing. This, it wasn't about having the essentials. It's about seeking. What did he say? Because those who don't believe in me, he goes, they seek after these things. They need these things. Why? Because we seek after things, believing that they can be our precious. Believing that if we possess these things, I finally have something that shows that I have value. So you're not seeking for peace. Really, peace is a result. What you're seeking is value. And let's look and see how money does this. Because money shows us. It shows you and it shows everybody around you. Money is what allows you to live in a certain neighborhood. And money is what allows you to live in a certain home. And drive a certain type of car. And to wear a certain sort of clothes. Because everybody knows where you bought that. (laughs) Right? And so, let's just take this. And what happens is, if you can live in a certain neighborhood and have a certain house and drive a car and have certain clothes, then what that tells everybody else, and therefore it tells you, because you only really get your identity based on what other people reflect back to you, all of a sudden you can finally say, I'm successful. And if I'm successful, then I'm important. And if I'm important, I can know I matter. I finally know I'm valuable. So let's take a fair, let's break this down a little more when Jesus talks about clothes, right? He says, why do you worry about clothes? So again, I don't think everybody was naked there. I think they were just looking around and going, dude, that guy's robe's a lot nicer than mine, right? So let's take this. If I don't have the newest fashion, then you probably know it's because I can't afford it. And I can't afford it because I don't make enough money. And the reason I don't make enough money is because I can't get a good enough job. 
and I don't have a good job because. Anybody hear that? Anybody hear that? I hear that all the time. In my head, I was back in Detroit working with a counselor one time, and, he, and I told him, I go, God, I just, feel like I, I just feel like a loser all the time. So the guy said, well, tell you what, let's meet again next week and carry around a little notebook with, with you. And every time you hear loser, write it down and write why. And, uh, and so when I came back the next week, I didn't even want to open up the notebook. And so if you don't have these things, then somehow you can feel less valuable. And so why are you worried? It's because if I don't have, put whatever it is in the blank, then somehow my life is incomplete. And that means, if your life's incomplete, that means that I'm not everything I want to be. And I'm not everything I need to be. And here's the worst one. I'm not everything I should be. Do you guys should on yourself? Now notice I said should. I mean, should. Do you ever should on yourself? We talk about this in our home all the time. It's like, you know, we try to catch, help each other catch this. It's unbelievable. Because when you feel like you should be something different or should be something better, all you're hearing is you're not, you're not living up to standard. You're not valuable. And so now you're trying to find out how to make this happen. And what's interesting is, is we worry because everything that is precious to me, I could lose. And that's where your heart's resting. And Jesus says, I want to rescue from that. So let's just hit a couple of these, right? So I talk, we talk about money, but there's a couple more, right? How many of you, actually, your precious is actually being successful, being effective? How many of you would say that's a huge thing for you? Okay, I, 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 I guess I'll just talk to myself on this one. So can I just ask you this? How many of you have ever, um, you know, worried about losing your job? Anybody ever? Okay, okay, see? So what do you are worried about being successful? See, you know, and this is huge. Because there is something inside of us, especially men for sure, but all of us, who say, I want to know that what I do, because what I do defines me. And so if I lose my job, that just communicated to the rest of the world and to me right here. And now I'm anxious and I'm worried because my job isn't going well. And even if it's not your fault, right? Let's just say the finances aren't there and they have to let you go right? What happened? Your value just shrunk down and you're worried and you're anxious about your job. So why? Because my job defines my value. It lets everybody else know that I matter, that I'm important, that I'm valuable. How about this one? How many of you want people to like you, to affirm you, and to have good relationship? Anybody want that? Okay, a lot more of us in that one. See, so that's just true too, right? This is a huge one for me. And and so here it is, if what's precious to you, if your treasure is people's affirmation of you, oh God, have mercy on your soul, right? Because I'm telling you, man, people are fickle and so are you. And you're never going to ever maintain a certain standard with people. That's why I tell everybody in premarital counseling, just get ready. Because as you might think, everybody's wonderful and all gooey before you get married. Hang out together for a few months and you're going to realize this person ain't nothing like I thought they were. That's just what happens. You don't live up to the standard anymore. And then you fear and you get anxious. 
And I, I'll just, I'm going to try to be as vulnerable as I can with you because this is just, this is me. So like a month ago or a little over a month ago, Susie, it was the end of the day and I came home and we were standing there and Susie just looked at me and she says, David, she goes, I don't think I have ever seen you this heavy in 15 years of our marriage. And it was true. And so why was I so heavy? Surely it wasn't because I had the joy of the Lord, right? Where was it? I was worried. And I'm anxious. About what? Well, for me, it's leading this place, right? I'm just going to try to be as vulnerable as I can with you. So here we are. We're trying to get this whole facility thing done, right? And see, there's part of me that goes, so this is my job, and I want to be effective. I want to be successful. Now, I'll be honest with you. There's, there's mixed motives in that, okay? One of the reasons I want to be successful as a church because if we are, that means there's more people in this valley who have no idea about the grace and the love and the power of Jesus Christ and that they could find life like they never knew possible. And the more successful we are, that just means more people got eternal life in Christ. Anybody want that? Yeah, yeah see, so I mean like, okay. So on one hand, I'm going, this is awesome. Now, on the other hand, I just want to be a good leader, Right? And I want to make decisions that show that I'm actually good at what I do because my value comes with that. You guys following me here? And so these last, these last six months have been like this. When things are going good, oh, I'm all at peace. Next, next day, the negotiations tank, and I'm like, oh. And then, oh, anybody else? This is my life. My poor wife. Just pray for Susie, right? But here's what God's telling me. David, David, your hope is not in me. Your hope is in making the right decisions. There's no peace in that. You know, the other thing in leading this thing is I actually want all of you, I want to please all of you, right? Well, I should just resign like right now because there's no way you make advancements and changes and move forward and have everybody go, woo, you just don't. And so, but I'm sitting there riding that wave and I have, it was so funny, um, Two weeks ago in our Life Together group, some, we were sharing uh, favorite passages of Scripture. And uh, a gal shared uh, Philippians 4, which says, uh, don't be anxious about anything, right? And she said, I love that because my tendency, she said, is to go down the road to worst case scenario town. Uh-huh. Do you guys care to hear that? <laughs> my tendency is to go down the road to worst case scenario town. I just, a, a country songwriter needs to write that song. That'd be a good song. But I mean, that's it. It's like when you're worrying, again, your, your mind goes to the deepest, darkest possibilities. And you know what happens is, as soon as you're anxious and you worry, do you go for it? No. Fear and anxiety paralyzes you. That's why you can know this is from the enemy. Because la- I know right now, man, for some of you right now, you are so scared of failing and you are so scared of what other people might think if you do certain stuff that you're doing nothing. And that's not what Jesus has for you. He says, I came to set you free, and I came so that you would live life to the full. And so, man, this anxiety and this fear, it's crippling many of us from really living a life that gives God's glory because we're worrying about what people will think. We're worrying about if our job is going to fail. We're worrying if we're going to have enough stuff because our value is based in these things. They're your treasure. They are your precious. And Jesus is saying, we got to get rid of that. Now, man, I just want to tell you, this is such a good message for me to give because in the last four weeks, man, it has completely changed. 
This is not theory. This is real stuff. And the peace of God can overcome your soul. How's it work? What's the answer? Here it is. You seek first his kingdom. You're searching for peace. Really, you're searching for value. And so how do you find it? Jesus says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, right? Verse 633, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. Romans 14, 17 says it this way. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, and everybody say it, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So God, so Jesus is saying, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, because once you're in my kingdom, it's a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. It's everything you're actually searching for. It's the answer. So how does this work? Well, what is his kingdom? What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Okay. Well, first of all, if there's a kingdom, then there is a, there's a king. And this is what it's all about. What we need to realize, you guys, is there's a king. And the first thing that we realize about this king is when you turn away from all this stuff and all these people that are demanding that you perform and that you have and that you be so that you can show everybody that you're valuable, and Jesus says, that is not righteousness, that's wrongnessness. It's a new word, okay? That's not righteousness, it's wrong. That's not what it's about. Turn and seek my kingdom. And as soon as you look at this king, what you find out is this king looks at you and he says, man, I love you. Man, I love you. In the Old Testament, you guys, they had a mantra too. It says it over and over again. I've been, so I've, I'm adopting it. And here's what it says. Our God is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. Thank you, Jesus. Abounding in love and faithfulness. How's that sound? The king of this kingdom is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness to you. So what it means is he says, here's what you do when you turn to God and you go, oh my gosh, God, you actually love me. And the crazy thing, that's why when Jesus said this and he said, what? Are you not much more valuable, right? What are you looking for? Value. Are you not much more valuable than all these things? Well, how can you know that you're valuable? Because when God said, I love you, can I show you how he said, I'm going to send my son into the world to rescue you and save you from all this living that is sucking the life out of you. I'm going to, it's called sin. And I'm going to save you from your sin of trying to make everything else God instead of me. Because <laughs> that's all we do. We just say yes to all these other things and no to God. He goes, I got to rescue you from that. And here's what's cool. He said, and when I, you know when I'm going to come? I'm going to come when you're powerless to do anything, right? And the whole rest of the world looks at you. And if you're powerless, we go, you're not worth squat. So Jesus goes, when you were powerless, when you were ungodly, when you were doing everything that was wrong, and when you were a sinner, which means you never met my standard, you've never proven yourself valuable. He goes, guess what? That's when I look at you and go, I want you. I love 
you, you guys, the kingdom of God is so different than the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world is all based on performance. It's all based on you showing and proving and being. And the kingdom of God is the complete opposite, saying you are powerless, ungodly sinner, and you rock in my world. And how can you know that? Because Jesus said, I'm going to come down, and I'm going to show you how much you are valuable to me. I'm going to give you my what? My life. I will die for you. That's how you can know how valuable you are. You know what Jesus did when he came down here, you guys? He let us know that you are his precious. You are his precious. You are his treasure. And he wanted you so bad that he wanted you to know, here's how much I'll pay for you. I'll give you my life. See, that's when all of a sudden, when that starts to sink in, then all these other things, right? Things that were making our treasure and our precious can finally be what they were meant to be. Because you notice, Jesus didn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and you won't even need all that other stuff. Is that what he said? No, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you as well. Just let them be the blessings they were meant to be and not the gods that you're trying to make them be. Did you catch that? Don't make things the gods. Let them just be the blessings. That's what Jesus wants to do. So here's the first one is, the kingdom of God is an unconditional, pure, and holy love that came to save us from our sin and put a new heart within us so we could actually follow God freely. The second thing about this king, you guys, is he's sovereign. Which means this, means he's over everything. Why are you, that's why I think he just looks at me all the time and says, Nelson, quit worrying. This is mine, this isn't yours. I'm over everything. And see, and that's why when it says that God works together for the good in all things, for those who love him or are called according to his purpose, what he's trying to help you say is, I'm sovereign over everything, I'm eternal over yesterday and tomorrow, and I'm always working, chill. I love you, and I'm sovereign that's my kingdom. Come under my kingdom. Let me be your king instead of you being your own king. And then the last thing, you guys, is when you enter into his kingdom, then he actually starts to transform you. And you actually start to walk, right? Seek first his kingdom and what? His righteousness, which simply means seek after his ways that are right. Well, you guys, you know what righteousness is? It's just love. So Jesus said, all of the law which means everything that's right falls under this, love God with all your heart and love each other. See, so what happens is, what is he setting you free from? If, you, if your treasure, if your precious is money or success or people or anything besides Jesus, then you are constantly working to find those things. In other words, you get consumed with yourself. You don't even mean to but you're consumed with yourself trying to prove that you have value. And Jesus says, that's not righteousness, you guys. It's just not right. It screws everything up. Instead, let me love you. Let me pour my love into your heart. Let me assure you that I'm sovereign over everything and that I'm for you and I'm not against you. And then let me change you. And what I'll do is I'll put my love inside your heart. And now you'll be free from consuming to try to get because you've already got it. You already know you're valuable. And once that takes, when that kingdom of God enters your heart, then you are free to live. And then you'll have the peace 
of God. So I just want to tell you, let me close with this. So what do you do? For some of you in this room, you, Jesus is not your God. He's just not. Unless you can you just be honest with yourself. You have never actually surrendered your life to Christ. And right now you are your God or your job or your money or whatever. And the first thing you need to do, some of you just need to confess that rebellion because that's what it is. You are putting other things in place first. That means they are your God. They are your precious. That's sin. That's it. And some of you today need to confess that sin, that God is not your precious. And you need to repent, which means just turn the other way and say, I want to receive Jesus. Please forgive me of that sin and please change my heart so you can become my precious. Now, the rest of you who are Christians, who've already done that, I just want to tell you, man, so the reason everything's new for me now is because about a month ago, the Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus and run the race marked out for you. Now, to run the race marked out for you, you have to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Here's what I want to ask you. What, if you're not at peace, all of you warriors right now, the only reason you're not at peace is because there's something in your heart competing against Jesus. It's the only reason. You have something that's more precious to you than Jesus. That's it. And here's what I know. If you're really a Christian today, you already know what it is. The Holy Spirit's already letting you know what you need more than God. So about a month ago, he revealed to me what mine was. I needed to throw off something that hindered. It wasn't even necessarily sin, but it is if you're not throwing it off. It's what God wants you to do. So, hey guys, you want to lead your family? Take your kids, sit them down in the living room and your wife and confess your sin to your family. And I just laid it out in front of my whole family said, you guys, I'm sorry, this is what dad's been doing, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And I want to tell you what, man, if soon as you throw off everything that hinders, you can run the race marked out for you. And I'm telling you, man, some of you right now are not running, and you're anxious, and you're worried, and you're paralyzed. And today, he wanted to tell you, don't worry about your life. Seek first me. Have no other competition with me. Throw it off. I, I'll give it to you because I know you need them. That's fine. Just don't make them first. And I want to tell you what, man, these last three weeks, my soul, the peace and the joy and the freedom and the ability to go is completely different. This is not theory. This is real. This is the truth. This is God's word to you, man. And every one of you in this room can have the peace of God. Amen. And so I say, let's do it. All right? So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your word, which gives us life. And all I want to pray right now is that your Holy Spirit would reveal to every person in this room, right now, what their precious is. God, show them what they look to for their own value. What is their treasure? The thing that they seek more than anything else to let them know that they have value. And I just pray that you set them free from that. God, give them the courage and the faith to confess it, to let it go, to change whatever needs to change so that they can find the freedom and the peace. God, for every anxious, worried, stressed out soul in this room, let them know that you want to give them your peace. We love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.